Welcome to the GT Reboot Gaming Trends Podcast for all preview, news, and review discussion. We've got a good show for you this week. It's just Mike Pierce and myself this week, but we have plenty to discuss. Uh, the year is coming close to its end, so we're talking a little bit about our games of the year, but we're also discussing some of the year's later releases, one being Super Mario Run. Mario makes his debut on iPhone. And I was playing it this week, and I discussed what I was thinking of it, as well as Mike talking about Space Hulk from his favorite franchise, Total War Warhammer. And we also talk a little bit about the troubling news we hear from Crytek this week. It's been a great year for video games, and we're coming close to wrapping it up, so let's boot up! Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the GT Reboot Podcast. We're here for the 79th time, believe it or not, and my name is Mike Pierce. I am joined by my co-host and partner in crime, my favorite New Yorker in the world, Mr. Joey DeClara. How are you doing, Joey? I'm doing swell, Mike. How are you? Swell? That doesn't sound particularly New Yorker. I was, I was hoping you I were going to drop was... some, like, I was trying some, to be subversive. I was you trying were going to do some on your end, yeah. bust my balls thing or something like bust, that, but but it didn't happen. Bust my balls. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, well, you know me so well by now. You know, we've done this seventy nine times, Mike. It's been it's been such <laughs> yeah. a long road. Yeah, maybe maybe more like nine, but maybe we're just nine. taking credit really for the sure. other seventy. Yeah, I would have liked to believe that we came in on uh, episode sixty nine. That would have made me the happiest. Yeah, I'll just, I'm just going to drop that one for now. That we- <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the biggest news probably to come out of this week and last week is another report about Crytek, uh, the famous developer of, uh, wow, I can't even think of the name. It's the first person shooter. What the hell is oh, they've Crisis? They've done a bunch. They did Crisis, uh, which is... Yeah, uh, but Crisis is what they're most famous for, I would I would argue, right? Sure, they, they've done a bunch of games uh they did uh, Homefront: the revolution which was the um, that's right yeah that was the most troubled uh of games and the, around that time around the time of that game's development or just at some point during the game's development uh was when a lot of stories came up last year or was it two years ago it was actually two years ago um that we heard about problems with Homefront: the revolution uh well rise son of rome not, oh yep. Uh, getting was going to get a sequel, and that was canceled. And then we heard some reports. Most of it all reports, though, from reliable sources. I would say. Uh, yeah, this that, is this is pretty much all just sort of reported, and this whole thing started on Reddit. I mean, I remember reading it on Reddit before it actually got, uh, mm-hmm. before it actually really hit the news, so to speak. Um, well, this year's uh, debacle started on Reddit, so right, a, right. Someone claiming to be an anonymous Crytek employee was essentially crying for help on Reddit, saying, we have not received pay for the past two months. And like, well, they said something about like six months pay has been either delinquent or non-existent. And mm-hmm. recently it's been non-existent, which is bad. And a lot of us can't even go home to our families. A lot of us live in Germany uh, and we were outsourced out to here, but we can't go home because we can't afford to get home because we've been delayed all our payments and now have none. So we don't have any money. And can someone please tell us what to do if there's legal actions we could take? We're being screwed over. And right. then 
uh, obviously people started reaching out um, and sites like Eurogamer and Kotaku uh, with people uh, like Tom Phillips and Jason Schreier uh, started reporting on this saying we've been contacted by several Crytek employees giving some uh, details speaking about how a lot of developers from uh, from the offices in Frankfurt, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Frankfurt which is, is. Yeah, which yeah. is their main office. Haven't been receiving pay on time, uh, up to four weeks late uh, for the past six months. And then the past two months, they haven't received pay at all. And the common belief amongst all the staff is that the company's just out of money. And they're trying to figure out an escape plan and uh, a way to get everyone their payment and to an exit plan of some sorts, but uh, they haven't come up with anything. And generally, that communication from the top uh, people, the founders of the company, has just been very poor because they're sitting and waiting with no pay and not knowing what's coming next. Right. Yeah. And I, and I think, wasn't uh, at least this anonymous Reddit, or anonymous Reddit post, it's been a while since I've read it, that's just, that's a weird word to say yeah, over really. and over again. Yeah. Reddit, I read it on Reddit, um, yeah. but uh, wasn't I think this guy worked out of like the Istanbul office or something is what I remember. It was I want to say it was like somewhere in Turkey. I think wasn't it? This I guy? won't I won't know at this point. Uh, now you're saying that I I thought it was from Frankfurt. Uh, I could totally be wrong. Uh, I'm sure Crytek has a a bunch of locations, obviously, but Frankfurt is their main offices and the. Sources that were reported on for Eurogamer were all from essentially from Frankfurt, I'm pretty sure. Uh, they were independent, as independent as you can get from within a company, uh, mm. saying different things, but mostly all along the same narrative that at least uh, was reported. Uh, I might have to backtrack on it because I don't know if it was Tom Phillips who re- reported on it, but anyway, uh, I digress. The uh, the well, they're company talking about looks the like Bulgarian a... studio too now. I'm okay, looking, I'm I'm looking back on this thread again and checking it uh, out. Right. It looks like they're referencing, but it's I think it's all over the place. They're just having all right. So yeah, like... obviously Crytek is you know a large company. They have a lot of locations, and if they're out of money, then it's going to affect hundreds of people. Uh, they're a big uh, developer, so that's unfortunate news to hear. Um, from what I've read, I generally believe that this is absolutely real uh recently uh a one of the developers has come out and started a gofundme campaign or something trying to hire a lawyer to sue crytek and its founders uh for not receiving pay uh so now it's out in the open but i mean from how many outlets were reporting on this from multiple sources and it all seeming to fit in this narrative it all seemed pretty much confirmed uh but it's shaky with stuff like this you know this is uh some really prominent figures reputations on the line uh but i mean we've heard about this before like we said before we've heard about it last year uh and sometime before that as well that these games uh, sorry, these creators were not receiving pay and a lot of people just stopped going into work uh, in the UK. And I mean, how could you blame them? You know, they're just mm-hmm. walking in every day. And then if they're not receiving pay every month or every two months, then I mean, what else are you going to do? You know, that's kind of abusive and crazy. It is It is crazy. And I'm looking here and I think you're right. It's primarily Germany because everybody is referencing German labor laws and the Arbeitsgericht, and which is mm-hmm. their labor court, 
and all this other stuff. And yeah. then um, there was another report that similar things were happening in their Bulgarian office. And it's really funny reading all these comments because if if this really is going on, and it sure sounds like it is, I'm I'm with you on that one. This I'm I'm inclined to believe pretty much yeah, this the is vast like majority of, of this. Just coming from looking in from the outside, uh, you know, we haven't spoken to anyone, but. When you hear this much from different outlets, uh, from allegedly different independent sources, uh, all reporting on the same thing, it's all but pretty much confirmed that this is real stuff happening. Uh, we right. just don't know the actual details. Like a lot of the story that was reported on, especially in the Eurogamer article, uh, was the common beliefs within the company. And that's where things get shaky. You know, that means that they don't actually know, but the problem is poor communication. That's the core uh, issue here from what we can gather at least well and you know i mean now that this is out i mean even just within this reddit thread mm. there are and i'm not joking about this there are companies in this reddit thread deliberately trying to recruit these employees like mm. uh this guy says Dear Crytek employees, I'm the studio head for Madfinger Games based in <laughs> in Bruno in Czech Republic. We have many positions available, including senior coders, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's we awesome. Have a, we have a massage therapist, a gym, an indoor garden, <laughs> profit sharing. I like, mean, that could totally be bullshit. Like, we don't know anything could. about it, that. It could. But yeah, but then there's people saying like, oh, I hear Cloud Imperium Games is hiring. And they are because they link the website right here. And you, I mean, yeah. it's just cloud. Yeah, I mean, that's what's great. It, slash jobs. Yeah. And so if this is really true and now that it's out in the open, I mean, these dudes are just going to be picking up like whatever job they can. I uh, you would hope, so right? Like, I would I, think this, I mean, this is definitely just a prediction on my part, but this could be somewhat of a death spiral for Crytek if it's really as bad as it sounds like. I mean, we don't look. Here's the thing: we don't know what's actually happening financially at Crytek, and the problem right. is that there's actually no communication. But I mean, if people, if their payments are all like a month late at a time, and then just stopping altogether for two full months after receiving a late payment, I that is just abusive and absurd. Um, right. That is despicable. And that's why I hesitate to call any of this true because I don't actually know for sure. You know. But, I mean, considering how much uh, information is being presented to us, uh, it seems like there's obviously real issues happening at Crytek. And, uh, I, yeah. I think what's going to happen, this is just my prediction. Like I said, we don't know if any of this is true yet. This is all based on reports. But my prediction is that um, Crytek will basically circle the drain. And they will either be absorbed by another company or they will dissolve and then people will pick up all their IPs. Like someone's, you know, someone's going to want to pick up the crisis. IP. Well, that's essentially what and happened with, yeah, that's what happened with Homefront the Revolution from what I can understand. Uh, I, I forget what the stipulations were of the actual game and the team and the company itself. Uh, but I remember that Deep Silver jumped in, as well as mm -hmm. Amazon. I forget what happened, but essentially along the way of Homefront hitting this development hell, or mo not development hell, really, just like this financial <laughs> crisis. And when people were walking out of the game just saying, we're not working anymore because you're not paying us, uh, right. a couple of companies, like I think Amazon somehow was involved, like I said, and Deep Silver was definitely involved, uh, came in. And uh, I don't know what happened if they like 
if they hired the team and they, I, I don't actually know. Uh, but that is, sorry. So anyway, excuse me. I just, I, I, I remember reporting on it for another site at one point and I forgot, you know, just a lot. Of, yeah. So it's, uh, it's totally possible that another company could come by and pick up all the pieces after Crytek uh, perishes, if that's actually what happens. I just hope that everyone's okay. I just hope that at some point, uh, these people, like right now, these people can't go home because they don't have payment. Like that's right. That's pretty awful. Pretty devastating situation to be in, especially after you've been working on something for uh, multiple years, possibly. So, well, that, and right before the holidays too. I mean, you know, yeah. If there's any yeah, time sure. you want to go home, it's probably around the holidays to spend time with your family. Sure. Yeah. If you're if you're celebrating like one of the millions of oh, millions of Jesus, one of the several holidays that's going on now, and you that's you right, Jesus. Home. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> cute. Anyway. Yeah. So it's it's, sc- it's scary stuff for sure. Let's move on, shall we? Let's. Uh, you want you wanted to talk about uh, Mario Run, didn't you, Joe? Yeah, sure. Uh, so we are. What's funny is we're approaching, you know, game of the year time. Uh, you and I are spearheading that whole scenario oh, along boy. with uh, along with a lot of our other colleagues who are helping mm-hmm. out and stuff. So it's uh, we're trying to get in all the games that we remember, all the games we've played. Uh, I haven't played a lot of mobile games, but an excellent, a very good mobile game came out recently. Uh, everyone's been waiting for it. Mario Run is out now. Uh, it just came out today at around like one o'clock. It dropped, and uh, a lot of people have been skeptical. A lot of people have been excited. Uh, it's Nintendo's first major iPhone game. Uh, that isn't Miitomo, which was basically a social app more than a game itself. Uh, right, and it is a Mario game nonetheless. So that is a very big deal. And you know, the story with this is it's a, it's an auto running game. It's not necessarily an endless runner. It's not an endless runner at all, actually. Uh, And listeners will probably be familiar with this game because it's been covered extensively uh, since its announcement um, at the Apple event this year, uh, which Mm -hmm. was crazy. And uh, the game is made by Miyamoto and other veteran developers of Nintendo. Other big Nintendo names. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they are uh, fully designed and isolated levels. They are not endless procedurally generated levels. It's good so far. Uh, So the way it works is you download the game and it's a free-to-download app. Uh, mm-hmm. And you get four levels. That's essentially your first world. Uh, and the game has six worlds. And you play through it, and it's good. Um, and that comes for free, all that, right? Yeah, that- exactly. Okay. And I think that's like a special deal that they made with Nintendo, uh, Apple, that is. Because uh, okay. uh, I'm pretty sure most games can't be just free. Uh, some friend have told me once that like iTunes Store doesn't allow for like a free demo, and then you unlock the rest of the game for a single price. You know, there's hmm. like microtransactions, or you can have a demo version of the app, and then there's another app that is the full price, but that normally doesn't exist. But here it does, and you get the first four wor- levels, or at least you get the first three w- levels, and then the Bowser castle at the end, 
uh, is when you have to pay. Uh, right. And they're okay. And Mario runs on his own, and all you do is press down to jump, and you hold down to make him jump higher. And there are different paths you can go down. It's two-dimensional, but you can uh, see as you go all these different areas of coins and uh, purple coins and question blocks that you may run by, and if you don't make a jump, you can't access them. So that gives you that incentive, like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get all the purple coins, or I'm going to get to that secret area I see. Um, but the levels are all pretty short, uh, but they are fun. It definitely doesn't feel like any other Mario game besides just it being a 2D Mario game where you're crushing Goombas and you got Koopas and all that <laughs> stuff. Just exactly what you expect. If you zoom in very far in, you're like doing things where you're vaulting over things. Like you'll automatically vault over objects. And if you press jump while you're vaulting, you'll jump off of them. Uh, little weird nuances like that that have never been in a Mario game. There's also no real exploration besides, oh, there's that path up there that'll lead to more coins, uh, which Mario's always been about not exploration in like The Witcher or some large open world game, but mostly having that agency to move around and mess around a world um, that's just been in every Mario game, and it's not necessarily here. But the first few levels are good, then it asks you to buy it, and then I did. And then the game gets very, very well. Yeah, uh, I, and then I so it's ten dollars, and then the game gets really good. Like it's actually uh, the first three levels are like this demo, very casual uh, auto runner that's still Mario and still looks pretty good. It's okay, mm -hmm. and then it opens up to like uh, you get the Bowser castle, which is fine, and then the next world opens up with a Boo castle that's very cleverly designed, and then other levels where you have. Um, moving platforms and you have very interesting design choices that's i'm only like maybe halfway through the game if that at all and it's actually very good like it, it's hmm. surprising that the demo opens up and it's very casual and gives you the idea of how it works and then it gets very challenging and very not challenging in that you die a lot but you can see where all those things are that you're missing out on and you'll want to go back and try and get the best run in and there's some really cool design choices especially that boo castle is just totally different from the rest. So I'm very intrigued by it so far. I was not expecting to really um, to see such interesting uh, design choices from uh, Nintendo's first serious mobile game. I mean, it is Nintendo as their best designers, but I, th I did still think that they were going for a much more casual route. And there's some uh, definitely some interesting things happening here. Well, and as we've talked about, neither neither you or I are, are huge mobile gamers per se. Mm -hmm. So that says a lot that you're getting that you're getting really sucked into a to a mobile game. I mean, hell, you've even you've even kind of sold me on it a little bit, and I'm not even I've never had a thing against Mario, but I've never been the biggest Mario fan necessarily either. But that actually sounds kind of cool, and I haven't had hell. I'm still like the only mobile game that I actively play. Actually, I don't even know if actively is the right word for it. I mean, it's okay. maybe only a handful of times per year, but sure. it's been Plague Incorporated for a long time, pretty much since it came out. Yeah. That's it. I love Plague. And, Plague is very good. Uh, right. And and it might be kind of nice, even for 10 bucks, which actually I think is is kind of reasonable for if it's, if it's a high-quality game. Ten dollars for a mobile game that provides a lot of entertainment is it's not actually too much to ask. That's pretty reasonable. I'm kind of... 
I might actually have to pick that up, Joe. I can't believe I'm saying yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, little, I'm a little pumped about a Mario game right yeah, now. Yeah, you, you should absolutely try it. Everyone should. It's very exciting that Nintendo's making mobile games and they're, uh, they're making this push, or at least they're saying that they're making this push to make mobile games more premium and be something that uh, you should be okay with spending $10 or so for right. a game like that because the general consensus for a while amongst the most casual players has been that mobile games are free and they should all be free. And mm-hmm. I don't mind if they uh, barrage me with uh, pop-up messages saying buy more tokens so you could play more or whatever, just as long as it's free. And that's, in my opinion, that's not the greatest because then that incentivizes you making crappy low quality games so that you right. can turn a serious profit. And uh, because, and also, you make them because that's what your market is expecting because everyone expects the games to be free and that's silly. Uh, but I also, I also see this as possibly a problem. I like that they got around uh, the whole $10 gate. You know, you get uh, three levels to see what the game's all about and then it's $10 to see more. Um, I... I think the first three levels are a little casual for that, but I mean, I'm still excited that they got that workaround. I don't know yet. I have no problem spending $10 on a game, uh, especially Mm -hmm. a game that I'm anticipating and is made by great developers and Nintendo uh, for everything that they may be and every, every, whatever their flaws are, they are very good developers. They make good games. Uh, I was more than happy to jump in and spend $10 on that. You know, that's fine. Uh, I'm also someone who's, uh, I've been conditioned to believe that games should be worth something. So that's fine. I can see though, people seeing the six worlds of four levels each being a little lax for what they've been drumming up to be a fully fledged Mario game. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's more to it than that. And I haven't jumped into it. There's like, uh, this Toad Rally thing, which is, uh, I think, time trials. Like, I'm not sure. It's like some kind of multiplayer thing or a leaderboard thing. I haven't played it at all. I haven't explored any of that. And that could obviously mean infinite amount of content for this game. So speaking of Nintendo again, um, by the way, have you, have you ever been to uh, Australia, Joe? Or do you want to go to Australia? No, do you have no, money oh, to well, buy a ticket? You know, I, I want to see as much of the world as I can. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I like I like the idea of working in this industry because they'll bring me a lot of places. And Australia seems like a really cool place. Uh, it seems like to have really awesome people, and that's what I'm most interested in when traveling. Uh, but the, I see that there are like spiders everywhere and snakes everywhere, and I'm not into that. So I don't. I'm not sure well, how I feel about Australia. You don't need to worry too much about that. I've I've been there, and it's not like those things are crawling everywhere. It's not like walking into I mean, Mordor if or something like that. And you're gonna get that's somewhere yeah. I don't want to be, man. I don't know. It's not like it's not like Shelob and Sauron are waiting for you when you walk out of the you know like the arrivals lounge at Sydney Airport or something like that. But uh, but, but the reason there, I was man. bringing it up is because <laughs> if you're if you're gonna go to Australia, you should probably buy your ticket for Sydney in February. Uh, because Nintendo Switch will be available for hands-on at the RTX exhibition oh, in Sydney, I see. Okay. Australia, in February. So if you're going to go, that's the time you should go. Yeah. Well, I mean, RTX. Just saying. Great group of people. We'll love to meet the Rooster Teeth crew. They're very uh, very excellent uh, creators of, of an industry that exists for some reason because they made fucking <laughs> Halo, video- Halo videos. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I love Rooster Teeth, and I, I would love to go to RTX one day. Uh, I just can't wait for them to move in out of Australia so I don't have to deal with the spiders. So, other than that, really, I've, I've been. I didn't get bitten. Yeah. So, you're good. So, that's, I guess, after uh, they unveil. Well, obviously, you said it's February, right? February, yeah. yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll be okay. I just want to find out all of the information. You know, they're going to, uh, I'm glad there's going to be hands on before the game, the console gets out. That shows that they have uh, confidence in their uh, material, which they often do. Uh, I'm pretty sure we probably went hands-on. Uh, I'm just making that up. I don't actually know. But they, they've gone hands-on with the, most of their um, hardware before releasing it. Uh, they're going hands-on with it for the press uh, in January, so that's exciting. Once I know from what people say and from what they say, uh, then I'm just going to wait till March. Uh, as long as it comes out in March, it could easily be delayed. Uh, we'll see Well, then. or Or you're super generous colleague over here could buy you a ticket and wrap it in a bow for christmas you know you'd have to be my date then to i go mean to that RTX i'm totally down be for o- you, you'd be you, okay with that yes or you could send me the cash either ways either one i'll be oh open to. <laughs> wow <laughs> or you no yeah send me no the cash. no no we should totally go to australia man you'll just you'll just have to watch out for all the snakes and all the kangaroos i don't know if kangaroos are like rampant there, but like that's stereotypical. I know, but <laughs> no, I mean, any, the like only videos cities, I ever no. see from Australia that are distinctively talking about coming from Australia are things with kangaroos in them, and it looks like they're like rats over there, like they're just there or deer, like in up upstate New York, like they're just everywhere, and they're annoying. So that's what hmm. I would assume. But well, I, I don't know. I mean, do you have grizzly bears in downtown Manhattan? No, just, no, that's I don't think that's even a stereotype at all for downtown. I, I don't I don't think it is either. I'm just making a point. We that's have all. we have a lot of hipsters. I mean, that's very real. <laughs> Those are that's almost the same as kangaroos, believe it or not. Almost almost the same. The same yeah, Slightly almost different. the same thing. Yeah. What are you playing this week, Joe? What are you? Well, what I mean, I've, I, I've played some Nintendo, Mario, the Mario run. Okay. But I mean, uh, I I also uh, kind of fell off of um, the Last Guardian. Uh, unfortunately, mm. I am definitely gonna finish it. I, will, I actually plan on playing it tonight. Uh, but I uh, unfortunately fell off at some point. I was just writing, you know, just working, uh, doing a lot of stuff, uh, organizing Game of the Year. But I was going over Game of the Year, and people are sending in their votes. And obviously, Overwatch is huge right now uh, mm-hmm. for Game of the Year. It's probably going to win the most Game of the Year uh, awards out of all the outlets. Uh, that's at least my prediction, because it, it is just... You're probably won- right. It's one of the most popular games this year, and it is, for very good reason, it is such a fantastic game. So I jump back on on my really, really sweet, uh, really spectacular 2008 PC... Uh, and it actually Damn. runs the game, not not horrifically. And that game is just so fantastic. And like, it is so good to just jump in, play any character, play any character you want, and you'll figure it out and you'll have a good time. There's no like really crappy character, unless you're like paying attention and playing and you know when the buffs and the uh, nerfs are happening and where they're happening. Mm-hmm. So then you'll feel obviously like, oh, this character sucks now, but... Jumping in to any character always 
is just fun, uh, especially if you're with playing with friends. Uh, so I sold you on one game. I sold you on Mario. I forget if you play right. Overwatch. I do not know. Have you I played play it, it at all? I haven't. It has. It just hasn't really. See, like, yeah, it hasn't really drawn me in. The game of the year might be like just sitting there, man. Like that is for that could be your game of the year. Like you may hate Battlefield after playing Overwatch. I don't know. I will now. Now that I highly doubt. Maybe yeah. I mean I, I, it could be true. I might like Overwatch, but right. The course. possibility of me enjoying that more than my precious Battlefield is slim to none. Like, I mean, hell would probably freeze over before that would happen. I mean the the thing I was obviously hyperbolic saying that uh, you'll it'll make you hate battlefield but i mean i don't know man overwatch is a pretty fantastic game and if you have a sweet pc to play it on uh you should certainly give it a try and you may eat your words i i don't know i don't know you as a gamer too well yet but i mean overwatch is just too much fun for its own good i swear so no, everyone does say it's really really fun i do kind of want to try it i don't know if i actually ever will but uh you you certainly should but... you owe it to yourself to give it a try for sure you must well, have like a friend or someone, or or maybe you can hound Ron for a code or something. We'll know. What I happens. don't know. I'm trying to think if I know if I know anyone who actively plays it, other than people at Gaming Trend, and I really can't think of anyone. I, all my friends are onto different stuff, like Battlefield One, or you know, I always the I have a buddy that I always play Total War with, and I've been playing the Wood Elves DLC a lot. That's really fun. Yeah, yeah, you playing um, those Wood Elves always. Yeah, they're really, the they're really, they're really interesting. No, the orcs, I don't play the orcs. Those yeah. damn green, <laughs> the green skins, no way. Um, but uh, no, the, the 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 elves are really interesting. It's a very different style of gameplay. It's far more challenging than any of the other races that I've played so far. It, totally unique, completely different. It's quite mm. a challenge. It's like, um, it's in a way, it's almost like playing a brand new game because it's so different. You oh, wow. cannot do like most of the tactics that you use with all of the other races just get chucked out the door. You can't do any of it. You've yeah. got to completely change your play style, or else you just get destroyed anytime. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I did, and I got I got absolutely destroyed multiple times over and over and yeah. over again yeah. until I started to figure out what I was doing wrong. Um, so the, the Wood Elves DLC, it still needs a little bit of tweaking. Like, they need to buff some things and nerf some things here and there. Um, but uh, besides that, I um, what else did I play? I played a little bit of Battlefield. They had a big update there. Almost a 4 gigabyte update, which is massive. Mm-hmm. And a lot of rebalancing going on there. A new map. Um, some stuff. I haven't actually played it since the patch. Um, I played it earlier this week, but I haven't played it since the patch, so mm. it uh, remains to be seen as to whether or not the, the new patch is good. But I read all the patch notes, and it sounds like the majority of the stuff that they're changing are, are good changes um, and things that people have been wanting. And they're correcting a whole bunch of bugs that have been present for a while. Like, I don't know if you encountered it when you played with me. Did you ever get the bug where... Um, I think it's when you're kneeling down, and then when you go to stand up, sometimes oh, I never you're, kneel you're down. like, I always just, I'm going, I'm always going, Mike. Oh well, no, I, I po- just so you know, I, I wouldn't possibly remember. Uh, I only okay. played the campaign, uh, like th- most of it through, and then played a few matches here and there along with those couple matches with you. They're very right. long, those matches. You know, like they are operations is long. Yeah, they're it's epic a and awesome, and I love that about it. But 
uh, I've never played games like that or Counter-Strike uh, where you're locked in for like half an hour or an hour, you know? Yeah, it's definitely not as much of a pick up, you know, like pick it up and put it back down kind of a game. You can't just jump into a match real quick and be done in five minutes. It's like you've got to commit for, yeah. I don't, I, half an hour I think might actually be on average, I would say that's actually short. Like that's... I would say you've got to commit for closer to an hour if you're, especially if you're doing operations. I mean, if I'm like with people playing, like that half an hour is like solid. Like that's an awesome epic fight, mm-hmm. unless like it really sucks and you're losing, which I've heard right. is a problem, you know, like especially yep. in other battlefields. But like, uh, on my own like if i'm just like jumping in like there's no way i'm playing a game that i'm like uh, i might just get locked into half an hour of this and i'll be on my own not talking to anyone or not meeting mm-hmm. people games like overwatch and hearthstone which are both blizzard games mm-hmm. just quick jump in for five to 15 minutes and be done like that is uh definitely most ideal for me or you can be there all night like grinding and playing with your friends and uh that's uh that's definitely the best for someone my age and someone who's uh not as interested in like the grandiose dedicate your night type of thing you know so anyway for one uh overwatch is something you have to play this year for sure uh before the year is out you gotta try it we'll figure something out for sure we'll we'll get you like a code or or someone has an extra copy i even might have an extra copy although you gotta play it on pc uh not a problem yeah and the the only other thing, like, I'm worried that, like, I want to get you to play more games. We're, we're doing a weird segue into Game of the Year talk and, like, reflection on 2016. That's what I was pushing for. I don't know if you wanted to talk any, about anything specific. Uh, no, the, I was, the only other thing I was going to mention was that I'm playing Space Hulk Deathwing oh, at right, the moment. Oh, right, right. So, yeah, so yeah we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Game of the Year stuff in it, like, before we close out the podcast, but I do want to hear about some Space Hulk. You're reviewing Space Hulk, I believe. I am reviewing Space Hulk Deathwing for Gaming Trend. Yes, I am. Yeah. Um, and uh, it came out yesterday, yep, mm-hmm. and I got it the day before that. Um, not sure what the explanation is there, other than maybe it has to do with those um, post-beta issues that we mentioned in the, in the last episode, but I haven't actually heard any of the reasoning behind why it was why the review copies were given out sure. only a day before the embargo. Yeah. Um, I'd be, I'd be curious to find out what that is, but um, anyway, it's uh, for those people who don't know, it's based in the war Warhammer 40 K universe. And um, the name space Hulk is basically for, for lack of a better way to put it, it's a whole bunch of spaceships that have crashed together uh, for various reasons generally they're brought together by like the warp or a black hole or something like that and they've just become this big jumbled up mess of debris and they're all smashed together and um they're now infested with uh, an alien race called the tyranids and you as a space marine have to go in there and basically purge the alien threat it's it's more detailed than that and there's a story that develops and everything but i don't want to I don't want to give it away. That's fine. Um, but it, it, it has to do with... You're, you're part of the Dark Angel Space Marine chapter. Uh, specifically, you're part of the Deathwing, which is their um, their first company, their veteran company, like their most experienced and, and toughest fighters. And um, without giving anything away, I'll just say that 
the story starts to dig into the dark sort of mysterious and secretive past of the dark angels and and a past that they are and and throughout the history of warhammer 40k since it's been around for 20 or 30 years it's a, a past that they've been relatively ashamed and embarrassed of um because they did some they, they basically half of half of the dark angels basically broke off and betrayed okay. uh, the emperor the imperium so anyway you you start to go down that road and find out some interesting stuff um i mean how's the gameplay it sounds like this is like uh, from what i can tell from the trails and stuff this is a shooter and like the it's war- a shooter the warhammer series is generally like an rts series or something like that am i correct yeah they it's 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 usually been an rts series with games like dawn of war one two and then three coming up um I want to say summer of this upcoming year, I think is when it's supposed to come out. And um, they really, at least as far as I can remember, they really only started getting into the more action oriented games when they came out with space Marine. Mm -hmm. And that was maybe like two years ago, I want to say. And you played an ultramarine, not a dark angel, but, um, and that was a third person, not a first person, but um, this is a first person shooter. And um, this like, I have never ever seen a game that has captured the Warhammer 40k aesthetic and art style better than than Space Hulk Deathwing. It is absolutely oh, wow. spot on, accurate, flawless, incredible. Like the everything the the art style, the drawing, the sort of kind of steampunky universe and all the gothic architecture mm-hmm. and all the strange creepy slash religious iconography all over the place and the the roman symbols and like and that's what warhammer 40k is all about they've you know amalgamated all these weird things from the past and somehow put them into the future in this weird cryptic way and uh and that's kind of what 40k is all about but anyway it it looks (laughs) absolutely incredible it's built on the unreal 4 engine um it's got some hiccups but the graphics are great the gameplay is really good i mean it's it's a bit um, it's a little like I suspected. It's a little bit like a Left 4 Dead in that you're just killing hordes and hordes and hordes, Word. but it's fun and you're uncovering an interesting story. Um, and you can play with up to three other people cooperatively, just like in Left 4 Dead. I haven't done sure. that yet. I'm just doing the solo campaign. Mm-hmm. But um, I love all the different weapons. They feel really... Uh, they feel different but equally powerful and they feel um, there are definitely some that are good in other situations and some that are really shitty Mm. in some situations. And um, I like that uh, this is actually one of the only first person shooters I think I've ever played where you can't switch between, (laughs) between three, four, five different weapons. You get one and you can, you can use like uh, you generally have a melee weapon in one hand. It could be a sword. It could be an ax, a hammer, or just a big fist and then you've got a gun in your other hand, and that's all you got other oh, than wow. you have these, like, psychic powers. But you can't, you oh, know, you can't switch that, from, though, like... you're bare bones other than that, psychic power. Well, but they do have a cooldown. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, whereas in other games you switch between, like, a pistol and a submachine gun or a machine gun or some other futuristic thing, like, you don't... You're not switching ranged weaponry at all. You're not switching melee weaponry at all. Like, you have to actually go back to this uh, armory to be able to do that and you can only do that a couple times per mission uh-huh. so um 
and the AI on your your teammates is actually pretty good. I I like it. They haven't done anything. So it's like Left 4 Dead, really the, annoying. Where you like have uh, in place of cooperative teammates, you have like three AI bots that follow you around and stuff like that. I believe so. I mean, you you do have the bots uh, following you around, but since I haven't played multiplayer yet, I don't know if multiplayer exists in like a. Uh, in like a single map style or if it's actually a continuous campaign that you can go down with other people since oh, right. I, I haven't oh, okay. I haven't played it yet but but in the sense so that it's either a lot like left 4 dead or not like it at all essentially I, I guess you could look at it that way but I'm gonna go with <laughs> well, it's you're, more like left you're 4 shooting dead. like the hordes and stuff you said that before yeah of course yeah okay and um I don't know. I, I'm 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 pretty stoked about it. Like it's a it's a, it's been a really fun game. It's and as a kid, you know, you start you 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 get into Warhammer 40k. I think I got into it when I was 11, uh-huh. maybe, and I'm 31 now. So shit, that was 20 years ago. And that feels good to say. You know, that. well, yeah. <laughs> and but the cool thing is, like, you know, when you're a kid, you you read the books and you play the tabletop game. And you imagine yourself as a space marine or a whatever. And the only way you can ever uh, experience this universe is by imagining it vividly in your head or, or reading it or painting the miniatures or something like that, you know? But sure, yeah. it's pretty amazing to Or posting on be... your Reddit and building the spaces in Minecraft if you're a 2016 kid. Exactly. Right. Yeah, but it's pretty amazing as someone who's been into this for 20 years to actually see it now fully realized and 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 be immersed in it in mm. the way at least for me. I mean, it's like almost Is identical to the way I always imagined it. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> like even when you're walking around, you know, there's like the thud thud of your of your feet on the ground oh. and like the I mean, it's like it's really I'm it's really a pretty incredible that the they got thing. it like they nailed the aesthetic for you like you had imagined it 20 years ago like you said and now 20 years later they are they're nailing the Mike Pierce ideal aesthetic that you that you had envisioned for them so that's pretty incredible normally it's the total I, opposite like you I, envision I, this thing in like a book or something and then they make a movie and you're like that's not what it's supposed to be I but, would imagine and I would like to think they're nailing it for most uh, 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 40k fans because I mean it's oh yeah it is pretty damn spot on I can't really I can't complain like it looks it absolutely looks incredible and and this is not to say that like Dawn of War has not always done a good job and that Space Marine didn't do a good job either they did they did they did fantastic but Dawn of War being an RTS you know you're up above the action you can't get like right down in the middle of it walking through the corridors and shooting tyranids in the face and stuff there's mm-hmm. just nothing more immersive than that and damn have they absolutely hit it it's it's incredible so look for that uh that review in i don't know the next couple of days we'll All just right. say that i will absolutely that's our sky get in quick so we could get it in for our nominations for shooter of the I year i don't know if it'll make shooter of the year but it's it's up there in my sure. book yeah sure that is probably the cap on shooters i'd like to believe it is you know there have been like a million freaking shooters this year like yeah, like this at seems least to be the year, shooters the year of of pre-order issues and first person shooters yeah. that's like what 2016 yeah. is all about the order of pre-order issues of uh bad pr 
and shooters. Absolutely, I think we can we can right. put a cap on that. Absolutely, it's the, been a weird year. Uh, the not the year of VR, the so-called year of VR prior to it becoming the year, and it's not really the year of VR, but it is the year of shooters. It is the year yeah, of going I think we back. still got a little while to wait for the year of VR. That's coming. That's coming up though. I don't know. I feel like maybe next year, like like I feel like it's weird, but I feel like a lot of the like Oculus and HTC are really pushing for like we're gonna get the next generation out much sooner. Like which it, I don't know might be a mistake. Like I don't know if they have to adopt the same model as consoles and like we have to stay dedicated to a certain generation of this platform. Before mm-hmm. we force our audience to pick up another thing, but I mean, I I think that they're really like gunning for another generation in like a year or two, and that's pretty crazy because like like if you see these conferences, but at the same time, like this year was uh, definitely not as huge for VR. Uh, as we thought, everyone said it's the year of VR, but really it was the like the breaking out of VR and like now it's consumer and now it's open commercially, but it is still like an early adopter period and we're still trying to figure it out. And mm-hmm. touch controllers get released halfway through the year, like three to five months after the thing gets released. You know, like that's right. We're still in that really awkward situation, but I think we are maybe like only a year away from really seeing like VR starting to take off. I think it'll be more of a gradual uh, ascent instead of this peaking point, unless someone comes out with the iPhone of VR and uh, that could be Apple. That could be Nintendo. That could be anyone. We don't know, but I don't know. I, I think this was like a good year for VR, but it wasn't the year yet. I agree with that. Yeah, I think, I, th- I think you're right for the most part. I think 2017 or 2018 is going to be the year that, that the year of VR, I guess. I, I don't know why yeah. that term exists, but, um, well, cause you know, it's, it's, it's an exciting thing, like a new input for gaming and for just media in general, VR goes beyond gaming. You know, it's, it's a ton of things that'll be VR. I agree. I guess I just, my, my, when when someone says the year of VR to me, I feel like that is going to be this like watershed event. You know, it's going to be like, oh, okay, well this yeah. this VR uh, hardware dropped along with this particular release or two or three releases that just made it skyrocket in in popularity and yeah. sales. And I'm not sure I see it happening quite that way. I think I'm more with you on that. It's going to be a gradual but steady growth. And it's going to become huge over the next few years. Yeah. I don't think it's there's just going to be this like, oh, my God, this great hardware. And, oh, my God, there's this amazing game with it. And, holy shit, everyone's got to buy it right now. And then, holy shit, everyone did buy it right now. Yeah. And to hell with Xbox and PS4 and PC. And I don't think it's Well, go I don't like know that. if that will ever happen. I Again, I never – I don't believe that ever in our – uh, lifetime that VR well I don't know that's crazy to say but I don't think that VR the way we're perceiving it right now and the way that it's being built right now will ever be it will never supplant and replace consoles and right. standard PC gaming it's just its own yeah. thing and it's its own media input and that's awesome because uh, we need a new thing for that uh, mm-hmm. but at the same time 
I don't know. While I believe, like you said, and like I had said, uh, that's a, this gradual thing. That's the course that we're headed. But I think it's totally possible still that we get that one thing that just blows everything else out of the water. It's this standalone headset that's easy to put on. It's not awkward and weird. It works fantastic. It's affordable. And it has a couple of really great pieces of software on it, whatever they may be, games or just interactive things. Uh, there's like a couple of things. I don't know if there's like a killer app anymore because I, I'm not sure Do you want to know what why. my prediction for this is, Joe? Okay, sure. You don't have a choice. You're, you're captive yeah, audience. No, I said so yes. So I already yeah. made the decision. So it's fine. Right. <laughs> um, so... Here, here it is. If we're if we're gonna if we're talking about this this like this one game and this one piece of hardware that's gonna be amazing and it's gonna change everything, mm. you're gonna love this. It's gonna be the new HTC Vive coupled mm. with Half Life Three. Oh, yeah. oh right, yeah, that's yeah. That's what's gonna happen. I don't and know. That's gonna change. It's gonna change everything, baby. I mean, I can't wait. I think the cult following of well, it's hard to call it cult. It's so huge, but. Uh, in comparison to what a cult following would be, but I think uh, the huge uh, audience that Half-Life has that's waiting uh, and hibernating until Half-Life comes out, which is just hilarious. Um, <laughs> I like that term, hibernating. I, I think it's true. and Well, I mean, yeah, anyway. Uh, I think that, yeah, you'll have that huge explosion, but... I don't know if, like, HTC is the company. I don't know. I don't really know the VR market and the uh, the ecosystem there yet. I don't know any of the people behind it besides, like, Palmer Lucky. And, like, you know, there's a whole issue with uh, Oculus's Outlook right now. And I don't know what's going on with that. So I don't, I don't actually know enough. But, I mean, I definitely think uh, Killer App is a... Th- an antiquated concept now because platforms are just kind of ubiquitous and agnostic. Like the, even the Oculus store, which tried to close things down and like, Oh, only Oculus, Oculus can only play Oculus games and you can't play it on any other system. Like all that's broken open mm-hmm. now. Like you could play Oculus games on Vive and steam games on Oculus Rift. So I don't know. Uh, I think that what will happen is just, uh, either this steady growth and it just kind of leaks into people's uh, living rooms and for, by some format, or maybe there's this one specific headset that's fantastic. Maybe it's Magic Leap or something like an augmented reality headset, or maybe it's maybe phones become the thing. You know, like uh, Google and uh, Samsung are kind of betting on. Uh, they're hedging their bets on phones technology growing faster than uh headset technology like just base headset technology getting cheaper you know like they're just thinking Mm -hmm. like phones are going to be at the point where they can do what these headsets are doing uh and still be affordable and still be your phone so i think that might happen and also I think like, but at the same time, like I, I think the killer app, if it, there is a thing, it'll be something that isn't a game. Like I played, uh, I well played, I I checked out um, Google Earth in VR. I don't know if you heard Whoa. about this. No, I didn't. That sounds kind of neat, though. It is like a. It's this is another cliche I'm latching onto, but it is a religious experience. If I've ever had one in a video game, like it is, it was mind blowing. Like jumping in 
and it takes you for this corny little tour of Earth, which is fine, uh, showing you a couple cool landscapes. And most of the places are 3D rendered, but mm-hmm. they're, you know, like your Apple Maps and Google Maps. I don't know if you've checked Google Earth recently, like just on your computer, but everything's rendered in 3D. Like you'll you'll start scrolling through some major cities and you can see that they uh, all the buildings have like 3D uh perception to i don't know they're they're all 3d rendered uh so you can jump in and you can kind of like fly through these cities like you can zoom all the way out and you're looking at earth and then you can just point with your vr touch things and you can zoom in and like pinch and zoom into the earth and then you can just zoom right into your hometown and everything's 3d rendered or you can go zoom back out and you can go into tokyo and you can like zoom through the city like in in between buildings and they google all look kind of pretty damn awesome i gotta yeah, say it is it, and even they all without look the 3D. vr google earth is pretty fucking yeah cool. google earth is scary and awesome at the same time. i know i love that but shit. like and and the 3d renders are all kind of crappy looking once you get really close but it's mm-hmm. still like mind-boggling and i had this specific moment where I zoom back out after like trying to stand on top of a building and like give myself that vertigo of looking over the edge. And then like I zoomed out and it got to the point where I was looking at all of New York. Uh, and, and you can do this thing where you can either go street view where like the earth is below you and you're hovering above it, or Mm -hmm. it can be in front of you and you can like scrub through it. And I just like look to the left and look to the right. And I saw like the wall that is earth and I saw the sun and I grabbed it and then you can like spin the sun and make it day and night. And that was absurd. Wow. And then you, I set it to just being sunset. And then that was the moment where I was like, we are getting like frighteningly close to really playing God as like a game. Like I set it to be sunlight and sunset and it was just a mind boggling experience and you have to try it. Like if you know anyone who has VR, you have to try Google Earth and VR. It is you know what absolutely the coolest outrageous. thing about Google Earth for me is, is when, like right now, so you're in New York City, I'm in Seattle, we're approximately 3,000 miles apart, give or take, and you could right now send me a link with a picture, or not a picture, but like the, the, the Google Earth link to the street view of the home you grew up in yeah and your neighborhood and i could and i could just walk basically I mean, virtually walk through the streets of your neighborhood in the area you grew up in and i could do the same thing to you with where i grew up and the, like prior to google earth the only thing you could do would be to show me a picture that you took from the front of your home and describe what your neighborhood is like or i would have to go there sure and that was about it. But now you can just be like, I mean, you could always oh, yeah. do that. <laughs> Here's my address, like First Avenue, blah, you know, whatever, New York City. Huh? Here you go. And sh- oh. this is where I grew up, you know, or whatever. And yeah. and I could do the same thing to you. And I just think that's, I just think that's awesome. Like, you know, that's that's pretty incredible. I totally agree. But what's funny is if you like took the perspective of like people just post like jet airplanes or even like the Wright brothers, uh, mm-hmm. you'll, you, you could describe this to them and you'll, they'll be like, dude, you're like talking about 
just visiting an area digitally or like in this weird nebulous internet thing you're talking about, we just invented planes. We can get there and actually be there within a day. So why is that so exciting that you can yeah, be there digitally? Right, yeah. But like, I mean, absolutely. Like I'm not discrediting it. It's like, like it, doing that and being in Google earth. And I could have easily just like, you could have told me like where you live and I could have just zoomed in and I would have been there because you're so there when you're in VR, you know, that sense right. of scale is there mm-hmm. and everything looks crappy in 3d rendering. But uh, other than that, it is like fully real and fully anyway, it's, uh, it's just crazy that we live in a world where this exists. That's all I can say. Like if I were to like game of the year, we're going to talk about in a little while. Mine's the witness, by the way, everyone should play the witness anyway. It, but besides, that, like, my digital experience of the year might have been those 10 minutes I spent in Google Earth because it was just so, like, eye-opening to so many things, like, to where technology is going, to how big the Earth is. Like, it finally gives you a perspective, like, here's how big the Earth actually is. Like, you right. can't really conceptualize it, but here's as close as you can get. So, I mean, anyone, if anyone can try Google Earth, uh, you absolutely must. It's essential because it... it really is absurd how crazy <laughs> how huge the earth is have, that's all i can say it's crazy have you played um so there's i and i actually haven't played this in vr yet but i've been dying to because i don't i i still don't own a vr uh headset yet sure but um i haven't played game, too many i've played like the psvr exclusive mostly anyway so this game supports uh the vive and the oculus rift Mm-hmm. Um and the OSVR and this game I thought like I just played it on PC but damn if you if you like explorative games at all where there's kind of a mysterious story um and you're in I'm, a new area I'm already already there already okay with you. check out the Soulless Project never heard of it like S O L U S project it's oh. absolutely amazing Soulless. it's the soulless project it's truly incredible um i i actually i mean like and and this is me not playing it on vr i just played it on pc but i am dying to play it on vr because the environment is so wonderfully created and it's just beautiful you're on the you're like you, you crash land on this alien planet and you're exploring around and trying to survive you have to you have to drink water and and it's eat like a food survival and explorative game ish a little bit yeah it's not it's not like um it's not like you know rust and and arc and all these other sort of popular multiplayer survival games it's just sure. you by yourself but sure you do but it have still do... got survival mechanics right like, right yeah and you you can't be you know like if you go in the water um and it's cold out, then you can you, your health will start to go down because you can get hypothermic. So yeah, then you yeah, have to yeah. go buy a fire, or you have to go somewhere that's warm to dry off, and yeah, that sounds various like my stuff game. like Absolutely. that. And you should, yeah. oh my god, this game is it's truly incredible. Like, okay, it looks good. Like it's, uh, is it like going for photorealism or is it like kind of cartoonish or what? Definitely photorealism. Uh, photorealism oh. in an alien planet way. So. Right, yeah. Like, not realistic, but realistic. Right. Yeah, understood. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. The graphics I, I, mean, I can't believe I haven't heard of this game. This is like, this sounds awesome. Hopefully. Yeah, it came out this year in June. And sure. uh, you gotta try it out. If you're big on VR and you're big on exploring and sort of mysterious storylines and uncovering things and, and, and a little bit of survival stuff here and there, this is 100% your game. You gotta try it. 
Okay, I'll try it. I I will in in turn employ you to try certain games. It's not because uh, you may be into them specifically, but just because they are like game of the year contenders. That if if any of these you can try, you should. Uh, mm-hmm. You should try either. Um, well, you should try one of I, any of these. You should try Overwatch, or you mm-hmm. should try The Witness. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Witness, I don't think, is your game. Uh, it's a like a similar to that uh, Solace project or Solace, whatever it's called. Solace. Solace, just Solace. Like like Soul, the Sun is Soul. That's yeah, but that's all. That's all is. it's and called. Solace. The Solace project. The Solace project. I thought right. Okay, so Solace project. It's like you you're in this on this island, and it's very it's like a cell shaded type. Uh, art style but you're just solving puzzles but it's deeper than that but it's at the same time not it is very much a puzzle game so you mm-hmm. mean that may not be your speed but uh, you should certainly try inside uh that's like from the same creators of limbo i've mentioned this game before you probably don't remember but inside is easily one of the best games of the year if not the best game so that is a game if it's like uh, on sale on Steam or anything, or if someone has a code, something you have to play that game because that game is as fucking awesome in uh, in awards. So that is that is definitely your homework. Uh, I feel like Overwatch. we need to make that we need to make that part of our review scale from now on. Like if you get ninety five or above, you're not you're outstanding or awesome. amazing. You're just fucking awesome. I mean, yeah. like I don't I don't like just saying that vaguely. Like you know, it's easy to just say, oh, it's 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 so it's super cool or it's outrageous or it's fucking dope. It's fucking awesome. But like, just I don't know. Fucking awesome is definitely what inside is like it. And I think I think. A one hundred should be fucking on point. That's what that. Ah, that's what that should uh, be. I don't know. Fucking on, point on point sounds. Uh, it sounds like there's like an agenda behind on point. Like there's too much bias. Like what is on point? Maybe on point for you, it's totally off point. Like it's totally left of center point. You know, for me, we don't know. Hmm. And You're weird. We'll, we'll ruminate on. It. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks everyone for joining us for this memorable 79th episode of the GT Reboot podcast. As always, I am one of your two co-hosts, Mike Pierce, joined by Mr. Joey DeClara. You can follow me on my Twitter account at GrumpyGamer. That is Grumpy with two R's. And you can follow Mr. Joey DeClara at Joey Dago Bonuts. That's Bag of Donuts or bag o donuts with the d and the b reverse yeah it's hilarious and i know it's you great it's later yeah it's fantastic i think it actually is it's it's money especially it's for funny. a new yorker because it totally makes sense dag a bonuts or something. i don't know bonuts. how the hell to say yeah see there that's it right there Dag-a-bonuts. that's how you need to say it from now on every time oh i can turn it on i just i normally it's off you know well from here on out i want you no. when you're saying that i want Dag-a-bonuts. you to, to flick on your new your new yorker switch right there yeah all right okay cool well thanks for joining us everyone have a good night go play some games and uh, enjoy the holidays. Yeah, Good night. bye. Oh, happy holidays. Bye.